That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Niagara Moon Losing my opinion uh, Matt, I, I see a stranger in the in the Zoom here. We, Is this an interloper? So we have, there's a first right here. Is this a saboteur from a rival music <laughs> podcast? A, a really lame, a lame gang situation here. But uh, yeah, so we, we have a, a first on the podcast today, a very special guest. Uh, it's someone I know, I have known for over a, a decade. We were in a band together called Sex During Wartime, which you should check out on Spotify. I don't think we ever officially broke up. I think we're still on hiatus. I, I have hope that we will come back eventually. You never signed the divorce papers, so we're just separated. Who is this man, who is this man talking? I don't know who this man is. <laughs> I see Nate Safran. Nathaniel Safran. Uh, we, I call him Nate. I think he actually prefers Nathaniel, but I've been calling him Nate for oh, okay. over a decade. Uh, he has his own project called Safran. That's really good. It's got an album that came out in 2019. Uh, there's a guy named Matt Longo that sings on a couple of those tracks. Yeah. Uh, but he's here to talk to us today. He's, he's bringing in, uh, I think, a great argument here on losing my opinion. And I guess we'll see. We <laughs> yeah. can rate it. We'll see. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go. Uh, so me name is uh, Thomas, also known as Niagara Moon. I guess I'm going uh, first today. Isn't that how this works? Somebody has to go first. We are going first. Uh, can I just say... Uh, I wanted to talk about this because we had that new metal episode that I got, I got a lot of shit for that episode. I think because of the high school, Did I, you? The high school I went to, uh, I think a lot of uh, people that I grew up with are like still digging it. And uh, maybe I said the wrong things, but anyway, there's another, a second Woodstock 99 documentary that's out now on Netflix. And I was watching it. Like, I can't believe how uh, like obsessed we are with that genre still. Like for something that feels, I mean, we were listening to it. If all over the world too, there's not, there's nothing to it. Like you listen to Godsmack, it's like there's nothing there, and it's like, why is it party a good time? It's still so uh, uh, rocking. <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, so great. It's still so hardcore. <laughs> it's still so great. No, it's it's like uh, ubiquitous, right? It's just like all over the place, and it's it's still bad. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that a second one of those popped up. And yeah, they talk about Corn and Limp Biscuit and all those bands that we love here. I feel like it's kind of like the Fire Festival docs. There were two that came out at the exact same time. Hmm. I got to say, though, hmm. that the HBO uh, Woodstock 99 documentary is really good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, and I had no idea the extent of like the criminality and just like people yeah. being like medevaced out of there. Like, it's pretty eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying. I mean, I, I vaguely was aware of it. What were you, like 13? I was vaguely aware of what was happening. Well, you know, I was watching TRL at yeah. that time, so I, I knew what was going on. Did, did you listen to new metal at all growing up? No. You know, I had friends who were really into corn. The, Be- the Beatles, the Beatles of new metal, the which Beatles, we established yes. last time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And wait, wh- System of a Down being the Rolling Stones. Oh. I thought you guys Limp Biscuits the Rolling Stones. I think yeah, System I of a Down would be like, that, no, they're the Limp kids. Biscuit, get, <laughs> get them out of here. I kind of think System of a Down is pretty good, actually. Like, 
That's what people have been saying. I, I've gotten a couple comments after a new metal episode, like, "Yeah, I don't really mess with new metal, but System of a Down are still okay." Yeah. That seems to be the consensus. I mean, I feel like the most indefensible of those bands is Limp Bizkit. Like Corn, <laughs> uh, I feel like they were kind of eccentric, whereas like Limp Bizkit was just really dumb and aggro. And there was like Fred Durst, not a terrible filmmaker though. Really. <laughs> The Fanatic with uh, John Travolta. <laughs> nice. Just uh, Google that for yourself afterward. Yeah. I can't tell if you're being ironic or not, but I, I will check it uh, out. A little bit. I want to see him make more movies. I don't want to hear any more Limp Bizkit albums, but I would not mind another Fred Durst film. Have you seen any of the Rob Zombie movies? I have seen one of the gross ones with the gross people, and it was it was okay. Does not narrow it down is. whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen them all. The, not the Thousand Corpses. Oh, Devil's Rejects. That was like okay. You know, it was fun and trashy. Yeah. Rob Zombie, uh, writer of the song uh, Dragula, which is a classic. And his brother was the front man of Power Man 5000, which is uh, a, a really rough band. Um, yeah, we're going to just, this is, we're talking zombie, <laughs> talking zombie today, right? That's the whole theme here. Well, here on Losing My Opinion, we have to get down to brass tacks. We have to. Dig into the weird and wonderful, strange and unfamiliar. We got points to make. We got songs to listen to. And uh, I guess I'm, I'm leading the pack today. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this boy. is not a position that he is usually in. Usually I go first. Yeah. All right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we are, we are going to hear from our, our new friend, Nate, later on in the episode. Nathaniel, sorry. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to kick things off by talking about an artist that we certainly all know. Uh, and I believe all the listeners know him as well. There's a lot resting on my shoulders today. We, we got a lot to dissect. To be honest with you, the whole time we've done the show, I keep thinking this artist is going to come up. Their presence has been looming over losing my opinion since the show began. I cannot believe that this is the first time we're discussing them. Uh, they have been the elephant in the room the whole time. Um, I have no idea where I'm you're talking going of, with this. I'm talking... About Billy Joel. <laughs> oh, man. You got the two guys from Long Island on today. You're yeah. talking about Billy Joel. I got two Long Island boys on. Um, <laughs> I'm the piano man. It was it was due. It was overdue. Oh, God. I have, Thomas, <laughs> I have, I, I don't know, Nate, if we've talked about this before. I have intense feelings about this man. Like, it's very, oh, I'm very do, conflicted. Huh? I'm conflicted. I don't know. I'm not really I, conflicted. I just don't like him. <laughs> All, right, All right, good. We have somebody who knows where they stand. Okay. All right, so Nate's going to go on That's mute for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, yeah, I, um, I guess we can let my opinion unfurl as we talk about this, but I, I, have, I have very mixed feelings about him. I can't decide whether he's like a, like a lounge act that made it big. Oh, that record. That record was, talk about <laughs> River ubiquitous. That was like my childhood. I could not get away from those singles. River of Dreams, by the way. Um, sorry, Christy Brinkley. Another one of the worst album covers I've ever I seen was, in my life. I was just going to say, I've never seen this album cover. That is terrible. This looks, I don't know you what don't you guys even are see the part about. where it's his face and his body with his bald head, you know, just oh with shirtless God. too, I think. Yeah, I'm covering that part. That up. sounds hot. Uh, it looks like a cover for like a Shel Silver, Silverstein book or something. <laughs> Christy Brinkley, his then wife, painted it for him. Mm. Wow. And she pressured him enough to make it his album cover, yeah. Uh, we're talking about Billy Joel. You two are from Long Island. I am not. But as I've gathered, he is your patron saint. Yeah, he's like a god. I mean, I would say, you know, 
we, there's Q1043. I've referenced this radio station a lot uh-huh. on this uh, podcast. Like, they, they have the option of playing any song that has ever been recorded before this moment, and they choose to play like a 30 to 40 song mm-hmm. set list. And I would say he's probably like three or four of those songs. So mm-hmm. growing up, you just could not uh, escape it. But I have a, like a weird, there's not a lot of great stuff from Long Island. Uh, he has some <laughs> Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. Yeah. He has some songs that I feel are really good. I like do Cap- too. Captain Jack. I feel like that's a really good song. And it's I'm conflicted on Captain Jack, but it's very interesting. It's it is too long. No, no. Seven and a half it's, minutes. It's as long as it go fuck it's yourself. As long as it needs to be. <laughs> he needs to tell the story of this guy who is uh, his mom is making He's his bed. Sitting at home jacking off. <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. hear more about it. Uh, he's got some songs that I feel are like only he could have written them. And they're from a very Long Island perspective. And like, I feel some pride about that. What, what's the most Long Island of his songs, Steve? I think? think Captain Jack. Captain Jack. And uh, Captain Jack, I think, is the only one of his songs that I defend and actually really like. Um, well, that's not what we're listening to today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I got it. Captain Jack is kind of cool. And then I'm like, I'm not listening to seven and a half minutes of this. Fuck that. But he's got some songs I truly do love. He's got, oh my God, though, the, the disparity between the ones I love and the ones that it's skip. Like, there's rarely an artist that I have to keep pulling up my device and skip, skip that one. Only the good die young, skip. I kind of like that song. <laughs> I love you just the way you are, skip. I like that song. But then there'll be other ones that, oh my God. Uh, so basically what, what set off Joel Fever for me again, what kind of reignited my passions a little bit here was, you know, I'm watching The Boys. Mm-hmm. And the main character is a, a Billy Joel fan within the show. Uh, songs like Big Shot, that song's fucking great. I'm getting a, a, uh, a you know, so the, the problem with the a problem real with lukewarm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough crowd. The problem with with his, with that that song, and I think Nate, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but like that song, Moving Out, right? Like th- yeah. Moving Out's a great one. Those songs get played so much for us, I think, uh, that they're sort of just beaten yeah. to death. Even if they were cool. He, like they're not. You you gotta set that aside. Yes, I know he's overplayed, but you gotta you gotta think back to the first time you heard you, it. You're taking the Long Island out of the Long Island guy. Uh, like it's just it's so ingrained in us. <laughs> I kind of remember yeah. the first time I heard "Moving Out." I was like, "This is a poor man's version of Paul McCartney." Like, it, interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. Um, like I was like, "This is not nearly as good as like even Paul McCartney at his worst." But it kind of reminded me. Oh, of. I disagree. <laughs> that when the the, the uh, read section comes in, I love his little instrumental flourishes. Um, the lyrics get obnoxious. So I won't argue with you there. But it's I love the beat with a stranger, uh, especially when it came up on uh, the movie Uncut Gems. Stranger's a good song. I like that song. You know, Adam Sandler's pulling up to his, his girlfriend's apartment. The stranger comes on. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of a kick-ass little number here. Uh, I fucking hate Piano Man. Okay, yeah. I never so, want to hear that song agreed. once again yeah. in my goddamn life. That one is that it's one's so all over obnoxious. the place. It's a funny thing about that song. There was like some meme going around where it was like, "Hey everybody, this next song is about how everyone in this bar is a huge loser." <laughs> and I'm so cool. I'm awesome. It is like this song, this debut song for me is about how I'm just the greatest. Who does that besides rappers? It's kind of a pitiless <laughs> song, right? Cuz the lyrically, if you think about it, he's talking about how all these people are just screwed. 
And then, just gross. but then the upshot yeah. of it is they're coming up to him and saying, "Hey, but you don't belong yeah. here because you're really talented." He, they they served a purpose to him. Yeah. They let him know how good he right. was, so then he can dedicate the song to that. It's moment. a bit jacked up, yeah. Uh, yeah but he's got some I, good songs. I, I like only the good die young. I like the stranger. Captain Jack, I think, is a great song. I would say that. Um, you know, songs like Big Shot, My Life, Moving Out. Like I understand why they're like somewhat well written or catchy staples. or whatever but i just can't yeah i can't dig them uh anymore yeah. and then once he gets to like uptown girl and all that stuff like i'm i'm gone <laughs> um i want to keep talking about billy jill we could probably talk about billy jill for hours but we should probably listen to at least a song okay. at this point i feel like we're we're due now um there's lots to choose from certainly i gotta say if i have to pick a billy joel album i don't think any of them are you know solid all the way through but it might be 52nd Street for me, sure. you know, in terms of the, you know, an easy go-to. Um, I want to play a song from that album that I feel like sums up, like, the best and worst that he has to offer at the same time. I think time. I know what song you're going to play. Zanzibar? I thought you were going to play Rosalinda's Eyes, but... Oh, that one's okay. Yeah. No, but I, I got to get me some uh, some Zanzibar here. Let me pull up... Uh, I don't like this song. But, yo, you don't no. like it. Nate, are you? Uh, I don't, Nathaniel, I don't are know. Are you familiar Zanzibar. with this tune? You don't Wait, know Zanzibar. No. You're gonna have a new experience. Yeah, I'm a naive listener. He's not All done right. a deep dive on the catalog <laughs> like, like you I have. have. I did at yeah. one point. I did because I wanted to. I had such strong feelings about it. Like it's just like, should I feel pride about this or not? Because it's like we got him. I'm so conflicted. We got Bill O'Reilly. Like there's not a lot uh, happening. You know. You know what's bullshit though? Like Lou Reed is a uh almost he's a long island yeah, he's right? a long islander right and so like why don't people talk about lou reed being the long island guy it's always billy joel he glommed on a new york yeah he, he, he did he ditched the island for the city and he, yeah. he, he, he and never looked quite back. rightly and, and i also yeah. i think he's too <laughs> left of center for the the whole of long island to embrace him yeah long island's a little more conservative i, I gather They're yeah not into uh songs like heroin yeah there's like a pretty good quote about long island that it's like 40 minutes from uh, Manhattan and 40 years behind. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's pretty accurate uh, description of Long Island. I'll also say that people see Billy Joel around in Long Island. And so I think that ingratiates him to, like, a lot of people. So I have a story where my friend Dan worked at a Blockbuster uh, video when he was... This was, like, 2004 or something like that. And he... uh, like rang up this customer and he looked at his blockbuster card and it said William Joel and he looks up and it's <laughs> Billy Joel in bicycle shorts like spandex what? bicycle gear yeah and he <laughs> he like freaked out keeping fit yeah keeping fit exactly uh, that's what that's what Billy Joel is known for and there was that period <laughs> where he was just driving onto people's front lawns uh, over and over again and there was an SNL sketch where they had Horatio Sands like drive up on someone's lawn and you come out singing uh, he's hammered singing piano man or whatever that was a great great uh skit yeah all right so just to make it clear do i like billy joel ultimately do i not like him i can't tell i'm hoping that the two of you will help me figure that out today but for now i want to show you one of my favorite billy joel tunes uh but that also has qualities i'm not so into about him it's all a big confusing mishmash but uh We're going to go ahead and listen to Zanzibar from the album 52nd Street. Matt's already making a very skeptical face here. It's like Steely Dan. I think that might be why I don't 
I think he's a little too aggro in the vocals. He does like a good scream. There's a moment coming up that makes me chuckle. Dial it down a little bit. This chorus is my jam. For me. Has great counterpoint to the guitar. You're not selling this well. <laughs> Someone out there gets what I'm saying. Oh, I'm sure. It's not like it's like horrible or anything. Like it's. Oh, I hate that last little flourish. <laughs> this sounds like Funky Town, right? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> That's what you like about it, right? I like Funky Town. Where are you sitting with this so far, Nate? Uh, no, he doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Well, look, I think we know where this is going. Uh, so, like, this song actually is it's a good representation of the elements of him that I don't like. Where, you know, he gets into this... Is he hopped up on coke? What is with the vocals? Know, maybe. The, the vocals kill it a bit for me. It's not... With a lot of his I don't care tunes. about that part. It, it's the songwriting. Like, it's extremely competent i mean he's always competent it's usually catchy stuff that's always pretty much ready for radio for that period he doesn't have that many albums and like all of them were pretty much hits so he knows what yeah. to do in that commercial aspect but i think sometimes it like weighs too heavily on him where he ends up writing these songs that sort of veer towards like show tune agreed and, and there's like an he loves his show tunes there's an he? element of a, like a lack of sincerity when he goes so far in that direction but that i don't get that from i know we keep coming back to captain jack but i don't get it from captain jack i think that song works so well because it is very emotional and it's like moving and it's, it's, it's sad it's sad. sad in a way that's yeah. not like the main character in the sh in the musical is about to step into the the limelight like it's sad in a way that is um, relatable and human, and not like I'm, mm. I'm going to write a hit song now about sadness. Vulnerable. Yeah. He doesn't always do vulnerable, does he? No. Yeah. I think Allentown is a banger. Do you guys? I don't uh, mind that song. He's up at all. I'm okay with that. I yeah. think that's a really smartly written song. Yeah, I I kind of agree with the theatrical aspect of it that it kind of almost sounds like you're listening to like the Wicked soundtrack or something. Uh, <laughs> my. Wife loves Wicked. <laughs> I don't imagine that she loves Billy Joel, though. So I wonder what's what's missing there. Yeah, <laughs> he's a bit like he's like a song and dance man sometimes, Billy Joel. And I like when he is more like restrained in this songwriting. I, I like those songs. When I was a kid, uh, we were driving to like visit our cousins, and on the radio was uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant. Uh, that's a great. Isn't that pretty solid? It's that like one? yeah, it's like a sweet. I think that's that's it's well interesting. Written. The lyrics. It's clever, clever story. So I, I came in singing it, and my cousin, who was a bit older than me, uh, and I'll never forget it. He was like, I was just singing the beginning, like bottle of red, you know, doing that part, and he yeah, was like, bottle of white. Like, he like yeah. paused for a beat, and he's like, "Can you please shut up?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, 11 years old or something. I'll just never forget <laughs> that experience. But yeah, I think my favorite Billy Joel take I've ever heard was, "Do you know the comedian Howard Kramer?" Yeah. 
He has. Do you remember an AV song? Some had, Long Island shit. <laughs> no, no, no. He's uh, he's like a he's in podcasts and stuff, right? Yeah, he's All on right. Who Charted. Um, great name, by the way. Um, yeah. Do you remember the AV song had a um a section called Hate Song where you pick a song that you absolutely hate and explain why. Hmm. Uh, so Howard Kramer had a his pick was Just the Way You Are by Billy Joel. And I, I can get on board for that. Yeah, I, it's so schmaltzy to me. Yeah, yeah, that was his thing. That it's it's like like a, you walk into a room with like a really bad perfume that somebody's wearing, and it's like overwhelms you and suffocates you. And he said that it's like listening to that song is like wrestling someone with no bones. You just can't like get a hold of it and get it the fuck <laughs> off of you. Oh man, that's bad. That's yeah, rough. and that and that's how every time that song comes on, or kind of a lot of. Like the Billy Joel ballads, I think of that, and it's pretty accurate. Mm. That's kind of how I feel uh, specific, specifically about that song. But it actually, of, yeah, it wasn't just the way you are that I love. It's um, uh, she's always a woman. That's a song I really like. But I'm sure you mm. feel exactly the same way about that one. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really, there's part of me that wants to see if I can change uh, your level of enthusiasm about Billy Joel. But I have another fish I want to fry today, and I can't take too much time for that. But the, the core of my, my, my confusion, my angst here, I don't know quite how to pin Billy Joel down. Normally, I love to defend the cheesy guy. I, I, can, I can get into cheesy music, your yacht rock. You know, it's music from roughly the same era here, late 70s, uh, early 80s. You know, your Hall & Oates, your my, Michael McDonald's. Usually I can get behind it. I know where I stand. I know kind of my take on those kind of dudes. Billy Joel is, I can't get a beat on him. I, I can't really, you know, part of it is I like to think I have some insight on kind of the, just the personality or the temperament of the artist. Billy Joel always confounds me. And I guess maybe if I was from Long Island, I'd, I'd have a better hold on it. But it's like, I go in between thinking, you know, based on the kind of music he does, that he was like sort of the dorky, like musical theater kid you know, that would get beat up on by bullies. Was he that or was he like the bully? No, no, no. He was not the bully. I mean, he... He, he was no, not the no, bully? No. I, I get that. I don't... I see some of his music videos. There's such machismo and his face is so red and he just comes off so aggressive. But no, like I guess that's just... What is that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that looks pretty aggressive. I, he's just... Uh, he's, a, he's a bit nerdy. I think he's a bit nerdy. And I think he okay. sort of achieved his wildest dreams. And I never... I know he had that period where he was driving on people's front lawns, but like... I always got the sense from him that he was like a good dude. Uh, you know, there was there's that concert where I think he's playing in Russia, uh, where they're they're flashing the light on people who are like doing things that are weird or getting too into the music, and he's getting pissed off at the people who were doing that. And he like makes mm. a, a show of it, like he you know demonstrates that he's pissed off, and like um, it's really uh, moving to see him do that. So, and he's always very open about um, what he thinks his faults are and. You know, some of the stuff okay. that we're saying, you might even agree with it. Like, I never got the sense that he was, like, up his own ass or whatever. So, he seems like he's got a really good character. Yeah, good head on his shoulders, son. Yeah. Um, there is really a streak that I can't help but notice uh, running through a lot of his songs about, like, needing to prove himself or, like, get people off. I feel like he had to get his parents off his back or something. It's always... You can't tell me what to do anymore. This is my life. I'm moving out. Is that all you get for your money? 
look at me, Ma. It's like a lot of that energy. I, I didn't go to Columbia University. I went to Columbia Records. There's, he seems to be this energy of like, I need to prove myself. Um, I don't know if that's just me, though. Do you, does that come through? Like, uptown girl, I married a supermodel. Like, there's just, Piano Man is building himself up. Isn't, isn't that a recurring uh, theme in his work? Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's been such a long time. Because I don't like Billy Joel, it's been such a long time since I've listened to Billy Joel. <laughs> I'm and so, like, the, I'm um, kind of forming all my opinions based on listening to, like, his greatest hits when I was, like, 15 years old. And then just being annoyed when he comes gotcha. in, like on in diners and stuff, right? And like from my, albeit like kind of outdated opinion, he always kind of struck me as being like Bruce Springsteen is to New Jersey as Billy Joel is to Long Island, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yep. Yeah, I think part of that is kind of this like aspirational trying to prove yourself thing. I think because Long Island is like, like I was saying, you know, in proximity, it's very geographically close to New York city and Manhattan, but it is not equivalent, right? It is, it's an it's ocean an, away. And an I do away. think that there is this kind of like, fuck you pushback uh, amongst people who live there. Yeah. The, the kind of chip that you're talking about that's on the shoulder mm. of Billy Joel is very familiar to us. Cause that's, I mean like the sort of like get out from under the uh. thumb of maybe something that isn't that bad kind of a thing is a very <laughs> yeah. Long Island, uh, experience and um yeah i mean he he uh, that the bruce springsteen uh, comparison is very true L- listening to billy joel in diners is going to be the name of my uh long island <laughs> memoir because i can't think of a more a more uh long island <laughs> image more than listening to emerson like palmer at the deli oh god <laughs> that's the worst thing on q1043 and that says a lot you know, I, I just want to bring back up Q1043 because you were saying like three of the 40 songs are Billy Joel. The remaining 37 are Led, Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not unique to Long Island. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. And some, some Van Halen yeah. too. Well, fellas, I got to admit, I'm burying the lead a little bit here because the, the reason I mentioned that a little bit is because there's a particular album of his that I really want to explore a little more in depth with you for the uh, remainder of this segment. Um, The last studio album that he ever recorded in uh, 2001, and then he just, he called it quits, even though I'm sure he writes music all the time. He could release new albums whenever he wants. This is the final say from Mr. Joel. Um, It is called Fantasies and Delusions, and it is an album of classical music. I thought you were, were going to, no, of, of I thought you were going to talk about River of Dreams, which I, I know a lot about because it was essentially, it was like Full Moon Fever, Tom Petty, you know, like like that record <laughs> in our childhood that was just right. all over the place. No, no, no. Because that's still a pop record, right? Yeah. That's still just, yeah, songs. This is classical works. This is Billy Joel, the composer. Okay. You got Stravinsky, <laughs> right? You got Rachmaninoff, Schoenberg. <laughs> I was going to say. Glass, Cage, Joel. Yeah, that's the the lineage there. Yeah. That's a bold move. <laughs> a, a, a rock artist and one as popular as him, one as famous. Did McCartney as do him. that? And Sting Did McCartney do McCartney did classical yes. music like classical composition. Yes, McCartney did that and I believe oh, I'm looking this up right I now. think Sting did too, but it might have just been all on the uh, loot. Uh, oh god. I would He's not just give like Sting having a chance tantric, that. tantric sex with a, a with a loot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is gross. All right, so he's not the only one to have done this, but 
You're right. Working classical. Paul McCartney and the well, got to do an episode on that sometime. But it's it's rarefied air, is it not? To pull a move like that, yeah. There's also the annoying like Zappa fans who are always talking about like you know like Zappa was like great at writing classical stuff too. Like yeah. he, he could pull that shit. Also, it's like the only person who like really does a good job with that is Johnny Greenwood. Like, oh mm, uh, yeah, for scores, yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. call. Yeah, yeah. The there will be blood. Oh, that's amazing. Some good motifs. That's amazing. So, yeah. Like all of his all scores right. are great. Yeah. So Billy Joel plus. Classical compositions, what are your expectations so far? Nate, you mentioned that you're a connoisseur of classical music. <laughs> I'm not a connoisseur, but... Yeah, you say you're an expert all the time. Uh, yeah. All the time, yeah. I'm just You keep saying if about, it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. Yeah, 12-tone stuff, you know, I'm just going on and on Mahler, about yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm expecting this to sound like the Moody Blues. Like <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Call. I'm excited to hear that. <laughs> Yeah. Nights and white satin. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to break from tradition a little bit today. You know, we have, we've already done that by bringing on a guest. But before we listen to the music itself, I want to play a short clip of Billy Joel talking about fantasies and delusions to just give us some context going in. So fantasies and delusions, Billy Joel's thoughts. Okay. I write all the time. People may not know it because I don't record it. But I'm just writing thematic music, and that's where my interest is now, which is what became... So fucking model boats behind him? This album. That's very Long Island, I think. It's like a Cold Spring Harbor type It was pure vibe. music, yeah. um, which has been my first love before I even started to try to write a song. I loved music, even before they were songs. I loved Beethoven, I loved Mozart, I loved Chopin. The classics. Uh, I loved instrumental music. I'm actually the closest to this recording of any of the recordings I've He's done. He's the closest to this. this. Is more me than anything. I hate when right artists now. say that. That's just right now. <laughs> All my like, life would be. I have a whole here, catalog. But this, this thing is, I'm doing right I now. Love this, thing. this is my favorite yeah. thing. I kind of feel that way when I'm, I'm working on whatever it is. I'm, oh, yeah, I get where he's coming like, from. Yeah. I don't know the pianist to play it because I'm not as good. So he's got somebody else playing it. He's got a friend of his. I can't it the way it should be played. So I got a hired gun. So Joel didn't want to play it himself. Well, Even the album is the music, kind of fantasy and a delusion. It, it actually looks like the Shermer classical music that we used to get. Uh, yeah, the album Mozart cover, like I'm getting flashbacks to learning classical etudes, music on the piano as a youth. And, like that um, is the look. Oh, it looks like, um, look like a wedding menu. Of sheet music. That's how classical Schirmer, Schirmer uh, music company. booklets look like. And so I said, okay, well, that's a delusion. You know, comparing myself to Chopin or Beethoven. I, I'm picturing a piano teacher. With a, with a student, and the, and the student goes, I want to play a Billy Joel song. Well, if he tries to go out and get Piano Man or Still Rock and Roll to me, it sounds like crap on the Agreed. piano. Agreed. <laughs> piano Man sounds like arranged, crap on the piano? It doesn't sound right on the piano. What? That, I that wanted doesn't the make piano sense. teacher to be able to go, you want to play a Billy Joel piece? Here, take this book home. And there and is blow a music book with notes in it. And learn... <laughs> You know, He's so one, aggressively Opus Long Island. Billy Joel wants to be remembered for Opus 1, Opus 2, or Opus 3. This is... This is his legacy that he wants to leave behind a little bit here. He wants something for the piano students of tomorrow to play and remember him by. And it's not Piano Man for some fucking reason. You want to play Billy Joel song here? <laughs> yeah, take it home. Play opus number two. Take it home with you, some locks and schmear, and then you just go to Wallbaums and, yeah, Long Island. He just puts the CD on a bagel. Yeah, yeah all right. Well, it feels like, Thomas, I feel like you're kind of getting ready to bury him. <laughs> like, this is, we've heard this whole 
spiel of how great it is, and now it's I like haven't not heard be this. Good. I've been stopping myself from playing this all week until I could share it with you. I have no idea okay. what this is going to sound like. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah. Neither neither this, do we. We haven't. Sought we this have out no prior. idea what we're in yeah. for here. Yeah. I think it's going to be all right. You you said it's going to sound like the Moody Blues. That works for me. <laughs> I think he's a competent enough songwriter musician where he could fake this you know <laughs> he could fake it till he made it you know when lady gaga did that album with tony bennett and everyone's like you had you had no idea she had those chops i feel like this is like <laughs> his equivalent like you didn't know all along i had these chops <laughs> that's what i'm saying he's in the lineage of great american uh, composers like copeland and all the rest of it zappa <laughs> we'll do a zappa episode one day that we'll get the most hatred for that episode, because oh, I feel far. like not I, of us really there's a Zap album I really like. There's one exactly, not more than one. Hot Rats, one I, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I like that record. Yeah, what of it? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, I do kind of want to hear that McCartney one. McCartney did the soundtrack to a movie called The Family Way uh, in like '67. It was right around like Sgt. Pepper time, hmm. and it's actually pretty good. I, I, Martha, my dear, is classical, Jason, almost like I'd, sure. I'd be down to hear what that yeah. sounds like. All right, so we're going to hear the first track. Uh, this is Opus 3, Reverie. He's opening with number three. Okay, that's a move. Couldn't have played this himself. Oh, he was self-conscious. Must have been. Know. Like he, he's technically this proficient. Yeah. I kind of like this. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It's, it's like chill background music. It's a nice line. The melody's nice. Uh, but his, his melodies were always strong. It's more kind of like ambient feeling than I thought it would be. Like, it's really, this could fade into the back. Like, you could play this at the dentist office, no sweat. That's an intense dentist office. I, I feel like it's <laughs> it's weird, you know, that I'm defending him after just shitting on him so much, but I feel like it's better than, like, background music. I think, I kind of like it. Yeah, I like it too. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't mean that in too much a derogatory way. I just mean, like, it's soothing and if you want to engage with it, you can, but it's also very easy to kind of just ignore or yeah. like take in on a subconscious level. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like, I would never guess this is Billy Joel. Yeah, agreed. No, yeah, the melody's really nice. I love the changes. It's good. It's actually good. We all mocked the man when he said this was the thing he was most into, but maybe this is his crowning achievement. It was. You know? Yeah, it does make me want to, like, put on more of it. There's a song he has called uh, Goodnight My Angel, which you guys would say was schmaltzy. I would. And I'm not going to say that it's not, but um, there are pieces of music within that song that sort of foreshadow his ability to do this. Like really nice, classical-sounding changes. 
I'll do him one better. This could be in a Ghibli movie. This could be a little uh, Hisaishi Joe interlude the wind, here. The Wind this, Rises uh, this, type. This could very Howl's easily support. <laughs> yeah. This, he, it's, this is almost Ghibli level. I gotta hand it to him. Well, there you go. All right. Maybe the man's on to something. So in 100 years from now, are we going to remember Piano Man or are we going to remember uh, Opus 2, Waltz Number 1, Nunley's Carousel? Not unless they start introducing this into the Q1043 rotation. That's true. Which I don't think yeah. is going to happen. Music doesn't live on unless it, it plays there. You know, I guess the way it's that true. people would remember this is if it gets put on one of those like lo-fi study playlists oh don't um, oh, do not do not talk now. to thomas about lo-fi study beats <laughs> he loves it that's gonna happen <laughs> yeah you just oh, need it's, some it's ripe for sampling just put like some really shitty like vinyls uh crackle mm. behind that and just like uh, yeah like you're a, talking my language yeah. now <laughs> yeah. 808s or something holy shit there aren't enough lo-fi study beats uh, playlists on Spotify. No. I think there need to be a couple a hundred thousand Total more. dearth, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess the consensus is on some level now, you can claim that you're a Billy Joel fan. Yeah, I would, I would call myself a mild fan anyway, just because I... Right, but we've, you know, con- we've converted the, uh, the, the uh, skeptic here. Non-believer? Yeah. Uh, I think he's undeniably, he undeniably has talent. Like, I, I don't think you can really argue that. It's just, do you like him or not? I, I, you I mean, like this? I think, yeah, from from listening to this, and just like I've never not viewed him as a good songwriter. It's like just right. some of the production choices and some of yeah. the, like, the decisions of his vocal deliveries, you know, like that's the stuff that makes me the not like The way he sings the like I vowel sound always like time, like it's so, he seems like he's trying to make himself like so important in that moment. Yeah. This is kind of how you feel about ELO, Thomas. Uh, ELO, I don't have any problem with the, uh, the vocals. Well, you said the, the production The production choices, gets a little, yeah, a little exhausting for me. So I, I definitely see where yeah. Nate's coming from there. Yeah, and, and right. I, I would say that, like, I think he's a good songwriter. It doesn't necessarily mean I like all of his songs. Like, I, I view him as talented. I've never not right. viewed him as talented. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but now there's a Billy Joel album that you like. Yeah, I would listen to that. we couldn't say that before. Yeah. Well, maybe it's all downhill from that one track. Maybe. I mean, how, how bad can it get if it's just a piano? <laughs> you know? I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you did a good job with this argument, though. No. You built this up nicely. Thank you, thank you. And it's not the end of the episode now, which feels no, weird. No, we have another argument to hear. We, we have we another uh, self-uploaded YouTube video to oh, evaluate God. here. This is the second week in a row that we have made unlisted videos for songs. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. So my argument, um, I guess I should preface it by saying that uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I went through this exercise of just kind of listening to albums that I had previously put on this list I made like 15 mm-hmm. years ago or 20 years ago or something like that. You know, uh, I was a child of, uh, you know, the nineties where, uh, like Rolling Stone magazine was just making all these completely asinine lists of like 500 best albums. And I consumed them like, you know, every dumb music nerd kid does. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. I have the book, actually, yeah. as a kid. Here are the 100 artists yeah. with the best PR teams. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, ranking art that way is, like, incredibly silly, right? But hey, By the way, 
I enjoyed reading those lists once upon a time. As oh, news. so did I. You got, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, being like a self-important teenager, I like made my own. And I went back at the beginning of the pandemic. I just figured it would be a good exercise to listen to some of those albums and see what I still thought of them. Right. Mm. I think actually this is something that I was talking about with Matt, that like when you listen to any streaming service like Spotify, you kind of by default listen to lots of tracks, like individual tracks or playlists. And I figured this would be a way to kind of force me to listen to some whole albums. And I think because it was the beginning of the pandemic and the world was like going to shit, I figured, you know, listening to some of these old albums that I love would be like kind of comforting. And so in doing this, I listened to a whole bunch of albums uh, that were like hip hop albums from between 1990 and 2010. And one phenomenon that I was really intrigued by was the insanity of the skit tracks from this oh, era. Oh, God. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. There's so, there's so, yeah, there's so Wu-Tang many. Clan. There are so many, and they are unhinged. And we're not that far removed from this time. And yet, it seems like forever ago that we were doing this. And it seems like bewildering right now that like this was ever the the common practice. And so I was just kind of exploring what I, I, I thought about that and like trying to make sense of it. And uh, here, this leads me to my main take, which is mm-hmm. that um, hip hop skit tracks from that album are like the Trump presidency of popular music. And I, uh, I'm going to go boy. through the ways in which this is the case. Mike, are we going to be able to play this? <laughs> play this that, what we're about to listen yeah, to? I'm actually thinking of the skit tracks that I know of and well, wondering I'll, how I'll, we're going to. You know, you could edit it out. <laughs> um, we'll just edit out your, your whole segment. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did see that you had an explicit uh, like mark next to your Spotify. Yes. Piece. Oh, we, uh, okay. we can do cuss words. Yeah, we do. We swear. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I guess the level of it also will have to whatever determine. words are going to be said, they're saying it. Not they're us. saying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not endorsing it. I am. We yeah. don't. None of none of us endorse whatever is about a to happen. Conduit for the art, yes. artistry of others. Um, and so here, I'm going to make this case for why I, I, I've made this parallel. Right. So similar to the Trump presidency, these are crude, unhinged, and super offensive. Um, okay. To as opposed to the the lyrics of the actual songs, which were always very civil and uh, <laughs> measured. It's a yeah. good point. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, it's very much a product of its time, um, mm-hmm. and also I'm fundamentally opposed to all the forces that kind of brought this into being, both of these phenomena. But mm-hmm. lastly, in a kind of weird, perverse way, there are elements of it that I interesting. Miss. And I need to disclaim that. Oh, boy. I don't yeah. miss the politics of the Trump presidency or, you know, people living in fear, like the vulnerable populations in the United States. I mean, I miss the entertainment value of the Trump presidency, like the P-tape and like Anthony Scaramucci. I think if, every, if anybody's being honest with themselves, I think they can agree with you a little bit. Yeah. And like you know, who, who, whoever had the privilege to be able to get entertainment uh, out of it. Yeah. You can't deny there was something. Nate, can you? Yeah. Can you talk about, I mean, you said, you, you said, uh, uh, like that it came from similar places. That was going to be a question that I had for you is like, what is the origin of the skit? Right. Yeah. Well, who's insisting like, what, that it wasn't the artist? Well, so here's the thing that I, I was very like 
confused as to why this was such a massive phenomenon. So the origin is kind of um, De La Soul's album, uh, Three what was it? Uh, mm. three, feet, three feet high, three high and feet rising. High and rising. Yeah, yeah, classic. Right. And so it was yeah. like in 1989, I think that album was released. And I think that was like the first time that a, like a kind of popular album had one. And like that was just because he was pretty eccentric. But like I think other artists kind of thought like this is a way to pad out a CD. And I think like a lot of artistic choices, like a lot of the decisions that were made in hip hop of this era were due to like a technical technological like constraint or you know advancement right so like going to cd yeah you got to pad out that runtime pad out that runtime you need 80 minutes you need to justify selling a 16 dollar cd yeah and so yep. the length of uh rap tracks of this era i mean rap uh albums of this era were like insane yeah, like an hour and a half. Loaded. Yeah, and I looked this up last night, and I saw this like infographic that it was kind of nuts. I think it's between uh, 1995 or 1996 and 2003. Um, the average length, the top 20 highest selling rap albums, never dip below an hour. And that's too long. In two of those years, it was 75 minutes. Too long. Yeah, and I am very much of the opinion that. Um, less is more in terms of album length. Like I was actually briefly considering that my take would be that it has never once been a good idea to release a double album. Uh, I think it's invariably yeah, a shit idea. Slow your roll there. <laughs> you, you don't think even it's fun uh, once in a while. You can't abuse I it. Mean, but every every great artist gets one. That's my philosophy. You're mostly you're mostly right. But like, let's say the White Album, like even if you strip back Wild Honey Pie and all the songs Honey we know Pie. we would take out, like it's still kind of fun to have the, all that yeah, stuff. It's, the White Album is the one exception I would make. And that's the... Oh, come on. Physical Graffiti? <laughs> I know. I think I would make I that one I think Matt would contend um, Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence by Dream Theater. but uh, <laughs> Or I Am Sasha Fierce. But... Uh, I think for those record for that record you could make it maybe just no tracks actually <laughs> zero <laughs> zero disc album, but um, yeah I mean with the white album it's like you have three of the greatest songs the wall uh, I I don't think the wall should even be an album. Um, <laughs> All right, well I don't like you <laughs> oh, anymore. Boy, yeah I said something about the wall the other week. I I said I, I referred to uh, Roger Waters' new tour as the I'm still annoying hey, tour. He's still <laughs> he's still annoying, but. Wall's a classic. Come on. You know, anyway, let's continue that could be one with this point about these these hip hop albums. Yeah. Sir. I'm I'm intrigued. Well, so yeah, to pad out these albums, it was let's put as much material as possible. Let's put in some bullshit. They're already totally bloated, but let's completely switch it up. Here, we're gonna be uh, kind of operating in one art form music. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be yeah. sketch comedy out of nowhere. We're going to do comedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the closest parallel I could think of is like a Bollywood movie, where it's like you have like a dramatic. Uh, yeah, they, they, they get everything in yeah, there. Yeah, movie. And then like you in have those, a super. That three and a half hour runtime. Yeah, choreographed like music video, like that okay. kind of breaks up the, the action. Right. And like it kind of works. And it's kind of a personal preference whether or not you like it. Uh, I think you can right. make. It's a lot to ask of the audience. Yeah. Though. So what kind of clunker are we going to listen to then? <laughs> I'm getting well, nervous. Well, so you're going to listen are to you... just the skits. So 
I want to, before I go through, <laughs> and, 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 and this was not on YouTube in any, or anywhere else online for the record. We, you, you had to specifically give this to me to upload. This was maybe okay. appear somewhere on LiveLeak or Pornhub. Um, but <laughs> okay, yeah. The classic streaming service. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All the standard <laughs> streaming services where you find new music. Yeah. But yeah, to give the listener kind of some frame of reference as to the overall vibe of these skits, I kind of uh, just made this medley of some skits that were just on albums that I like. These are not even just like super obscure albums, right? It's like yeah, yeah. the score, the chronic. Uh, my I knew you were going to pick yeah. the chronic. <laughs> I, I was, I was going to say, I was going to say, I, I, you would pick uh, from the chronic and then also maybe late registration, but it sounds like you Hey, late registration, that. that that's a classic. Yeah, there's skits a lot of skits on, skits on, on there aren't too bad. I got to say, what we're playing is very unhinged. Uh, and we'll probably make it so I don't get invited back to on this podcast. <laughs> but it is not. Hey, I'm intrigued so I, far. I, I somehow, People will be like, well, there was that guy at the beginning of the episode, and then he never go? actually they said anything. They just talked about Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, I saw, you know, you guys were saying the 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 episodes that people really like are when you like shit on new metal and stuff yes. like that. So I was like, but yeah, right. you know, you know, th- this is, this is what the people want to be honest. They don't want to hear me <laughs> yeah. talk about Karen Dalton. So we're, we're shitting on the idea of skits and albums, which by the way, sir, uh, I've had other people just in my life talk about how that they found that annoying as fans of hip hop. Yeah. I think they're annoying, but I guess at the end I'll make a case for them to some extent. They're not like totally okay. indefensible is kind okay. of the argument I'm making. Yeah. I, I want to listen right. to uh, what you got for us. Would it be Let's all right to, yeah. to dive in? Yeah. So is this a few different skits that you put together or yeah. is this just one skit? This is a few different okay, skits. so this is a medley yeah, be- from different artists? From different artists because otherwise it would okay. just be like listening to very long sketch comedy stuff. Yeah. yeah. We don't okay. want to do that? All right. So we're, we're going we're gonna to hear a curated collection yes. here. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yes. All right. Here we go. Hey, the THX sound. Ladies and gentlemen. What's the Chappelle show? <laughs> We're not going to even play any of this. So, oh, wait, this I know. This is RZA, right? This is the Jizza. Jizza. Liquid Swords, first track. GZA, I'll say. You, you, you really mix a lot of these together. This is, uh. Hey, Josh, you you know about the David Blaine? You know the magician David Blaine, right? Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't like the slurping sounds. We'll be able to maybe play like five to ten seconds of this. Is that Chris Rock? They're just taking a Chris Rock joke you know and putting it in their album? That's bullshit. All right, so first off, Nathaniel, you're trying to get us in trouble over here? What the fuck was this that? This guy is trying to get us <laughs> all in trouble. We might want to um, disclaim You played the it. long con here. <laughs> we might want to disclaim it beforehand that uh, if you have children listening, um, advance it two minutes. <laughs> Yeah, too little, too late. If I'm to make a serious uh, rebuttal against your argument for a second, so we heard some very obscene, low, just gutter-minded things. 
Uh, I don't know what came from what album. I am not a hip hop aficionado per se. I do have some albums here and there that you know I sort of know or sort of enjoy. I am certainly a fan of uh, Mad Villainy, MF Doom. Then you're talking my language there, but uh, I would argue. I wouldn't even say it's filler. It's like that the people who consume the album and were hardcore fans and would decide to go to the shows and show this music to their friends, uh, music, that term's a little liberal there for a second, but like, you know, if it's 14-year-olds and those are who are buying albums, you know, you want to give them some dirty humor, some nasty sexual stuff for them to repeat to their friends in class, like that is on brand and that is helping... I would argue helping the experience of what you're doing and promoting your brand. I would argue that that's not just wasteful. Like that, that made sense, even though God dang, that was I, I uh, kind of, objectionable. Sir. I kind of agree with you, uh, which is that <laughs> it, um, it very much is like made by like young men to appeal to like even younger men. Oh, 12 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that all, isn't that a way to describe all the best things in life? (laughs) I remember being like 12 years old and like hearing, or like 10 years old and hearing the score for the first time and probably, well, all right, maybe that one was a bad example, but like maybe listen to like (laughs) the chronic or something and being like, yeah, yeah, you learned about the David Blaine or the, uh, you know, a good example is like enter the Wu-Tang that like method man track with, he's talking about, uh, (laughs) Like torturing a guy in a, the worst conceivable way, like yeah. as like a twelve you know, year old, good, clean fun. yeah, as a twelve year old kid, I was probably like into that the same way you'd be into like Stone Cold Steve Austin or something, right? Like, I will say that like what I was playing, I think, is pretty representative uh, for skits of that era, but like, I don't think it has to be. Sir, you gave us quite a <laughs> mismatch though, yeah. because some of that was like the cool quote from like the Kung Fu movie that uh, GZA uses, and that's totally at odds with some with some other stuff yeah. you uh, threw in there. Well, I did that intentionally because I think that that is an example of how it could actually be used well. In that I th- yeah, and hype you up. Yeah, so like through that album, Liquid Swords, there's like tons of those samples from old Kung Fu movies. It's a narrative. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I feel like it adds ambiance that like makes the album more cohesive, which I think my problem with some of the other ones is it kind of breaks it up too much. Whereas like this is kind of like the interstitial kind of like holds it together for some of the like Wu-Tang albums. So I think that they use it pretty well. And I think that um, there are these like kind of interlude or skit tracks that could sometimes be like a good framing device for the album as a whole. So like a good example of this is like the first track on Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Uh, And so it's like these kids are in class and the the teacher keeps being like... The whole theme going on there. Yeah, like Lauryn Hill, Lauryn Hill, where's Lauryn Hill? Like that, I feel like kind of sets the tone for the album where she's talking about her miseducation, right? Like uh, I, I think that these could be used very effectively... Um, just when they're not just dirty sexual jokes, just, just to pat out time thrown in. But more often than not, but you're they saying are. that's mostly, mostly what it was. That's what right. they are. Yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I'm uh, I'm on board. Uh, you're gonna make my job editing this week a little harder. But <laughs> oh, otherwise, I'm so I'm on sorry. Board. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but has there been like a? Um, you know, a record that where that was happening consistently. Like, cause I'm thinking about like good kid, mad city. And I don't think there are, 
there's not things that are like explicitly this is a an interstitial skit track. I mean, there there are tags at the front and end of songs that work thematically with the record, but they're not like track seven is a skit or whatever. Yeah. So are there records that we can point to where I know you said the opening track of Miseducation of Lauren Hill, but where the whole thing is like thematically tied together, where the skits actually make it a concept album. I, I think it's kind of like college dropout to some extent. Like those skits yeah, sure. are like about like fraternity, like um, chants and stuff. Uh, good Kid, Mad City is a really good example of using these kind of skits or interludes well. You're right that it does. It doesn't explicitly say skit number one, skit number two, like it does on right. College Dropout. But like, you know that song, The Art of Peer Pressure, where it's like a bunch of guys uh, oh, yeah. who like just robbed the house, right? Like that, yeah. like uh, makes it this theatrical thing that ties very well with the song, right? It's, well, as Kendrick Lamar yeah. does, you know, he sort of stepped up that stuff from the '90s and elevated it to just like yeah, a different exactly. level. I mean, Dr. Dre is like producing, so there's that element of that there. But uh, yeah, this, the songs they they have it more baked in, right? And, and I think that's a great example of like taking this idea of this remnant of the past and making it, um, yeah, elevating it. Yeah, taking it in the the next evolution uh, yeah. place you could go. Yeah. All right. Well, that took me by surprise. <laughs> good argument. Good arguments today. Uh, yeah, I will say uh, very I'll- similar too, <laughs> Billy Joel, uh, and then what we just listened to. Yeah, very, Pretty very, much- uh, yeah, much in the the same vein. <laughs> right I want to throw in there real quick my favorite skits that I've ever heard on an oh, album. There's please. a particular album that has skits that I love. And I will talk about it one day. All I will say is that uh, Hosono Haromi is involved. Are you kidding me? And the skits are in English. Yeah. Man, that dude is everywhere. You're going like to the hardest working that, man that in show also business. we might have to bleep out if I ever shared it with you. But uh, I would quite love to show you uh, some Yellow Magic Orchestra skits there. So yeah, put, put in the in the comments of this wherever you put comments for the podcast, and uh, you know, t- say thumbs up, thumbs down on Nate. You know, what do you think about him as a human being? Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Should he be canceled? Is he ever going to be, be canceled? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think about the guy? Uh, this is a, a very fun episode. I feel like we covered a lot of, a lot of ground here. Yeah. My head's spinning a little bit. <laughs> we did a lot. We, we did quite the 180 there. What did we learn? Oh, boy. I learned uh, we got to be really selective with the guests that we bring on the show. <laughs> this can't happen again. <laughs> Yeah, we have to, we got to bring HR into the screening process yeah. for the guests. We got to uh, put out a statement now on everything. You're right. Uh, I learned that I am just as conflicted as ever about my, my feelings about Billy Joel. He He's elusive. He'll he'll uh, keep you up at night. He's a slippery cat. I feel cat. that Thomas's argument is pretty effective in that, like, I now have some positive association with Billy Joel. So, there you, go. you know, I went from very yeah. little... To you know, being kind of impressed yeah. with at least that one track. <laughs> what did we learn in this? Like, oh, well, that maybe this other idea has been explored in other places of the the sort of interstitial skits tying together a record thematically. Yeah, maybe that's happened. I mean, call it out if you can think of a record that has done that that you love. Tell us because I, I think besides Nate, I know and Thomas has some uh, uh, hip hop knowledge. I have zero. I have next to zero. Yeah, tell us. We don't know what's up. All right. Well, anything we want to plug? Nate, you got uh, music 
uh, under the uh, the name Safran. Yeah. I've heard S A F R E N. It's a pseudonym that also happens to be his name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Nine Inch Nails if his name was Trent Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> Trent Nails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So just S A F R E N on Spotify. Uh, got an album up there, and Matt's uh, on some of the tracks. It's a great album. Are there any uh, skits? Uh, oh, a there should have been. I'm only on He's, the skits, yeah, actually. Exactly. <laughs> um, and check out Sex During Wartime, too, our old yeah. band. Sex During Wartime. The same yeah. party. All those skits uh, were sexual. Yeah, we had a lot of very special skits on there. Uh, I have a show on Thursday. We're releasing this Wednesday. Oh, so, so a show the tomorrow. day after this comes out. Okay. That's right. Tomorrow at um, Mercury Lounge. Be there at 7. Yeah, opening for Jesse Malin. The show is sold out. If you got a ticket, uh, I'll see you there, and we can talk about this podcast and how you hate hearing my voice. Uh, well, hey, I, for one, don't mind hearing your voice that much. It's, it's all right. Um, if you uh, other listeners out there enjoy it as well, you can subscribe uh, to Losing My Opinion. We release new episodes every Wednesday. And uh, why don't you go ahead and leave us a nice little rating or review while you're at mm. it on your mm-hmm. platform of choice. You can also follow us uh, at Losing My Opinion on Twitter, Instagram, or a TikTok. TikTok, woo and, uh, Dance you, challenge. You know, we might have said some, some weird things, some strange things, some controversial things today. Oh, God. I don't know. I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. I think you're wrong today. <laughs> today, I think you're wrong. Uh, Nate, thank you. <laughs> today. Nate, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for inviting really me. This. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming on the show. First guest. Are you going to come back? I, I mean, if you would back? have me back, I, I after what I just pulled, I don't really know if you'll have me back. But uh, thanks so much for maybe just like me. we got more skits to go. <laughs> maybe over. Maybe just like a like a two minute conversation yeah, yeah. beforehand, just like <laughs> how explicit. Yeah, is this like Matt be? was like, "Are you going to come on and talk about Charles Mingus?" I was like, ah, "I kind of have this other idea where I'm making like this medley." <laughs> Going in a different yeah, direction. Yeah. Different direction. Right, sounds well, good. I'll say so long, suckers, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye bye.